Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. History of Children's Church. If you notice, our kids are a little tired this morning. Parents, you're welcome. I want to tell you, we had we had over a hundred people here in the church yesterday. Over a hundred people in the church yesterday, and uh, we had we had bouncy houses, we had uh, duck ponds, we had uh, uh, bowling. Uh, one of the one of the bowlings pinned me down. So uh, uh, if you saw that picture, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, it, we just it were so many families who come through here. Uh, and it, it was amazing. And, and for those of you who helped, I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for helping. I, I really do mean that because you just don't understand the ministry that was involved yesterday. We, we didn't preach Jesus. We didn't tell them, you know, you need to come to church. We just loved on them. And, and you know, that's really what people want. They want someone to love on them. They don't, they don't want to be preached to. The preaching comes later, Amen. They just want to be loved, and we need to love people, and we just let them know we're here for them. If they need somebody to pray with them, we'll pray with them. That's what it's about, amen? And uh, so we just had a, a great time yesterday. One of the funniest comments I heard was from one of the men uh, said, I didn't realize children's ministry was this hard. <laughs> All I did was just sit there and watch them, and I got wore out. <laughs> uh, but we had this uh, bouncy house over here. Uh, and uh, when the kids came in, their eyes just lit up, and uh, it, they were so excited about it, the bouncy house actually broke like three or four times out of frustration, because the kids kept wanting to get on it, but uh, they had a good time, and, and uh, I asked the kids that they were leaving, I said, what would you want for, uh, before you leave more than anything in the world, and the kid looked at me and said, candy, and the parent looked at me and goes, no. And I said, done. I gave it to them. We may have lost that person forever, but it was still fun. Amen. Praise God. I just want to thank our people for doing that yesterday. Um, also, uh, tonight we're going to do a little different. Um, we're not going to have service tonight. Normally we have prayer meeting. Uh, we've been doing a lot lately, and I feel like that we need some rest. And so I, I, just, I can tell on people's faces that they're tired. Uh, and I know you would come if I asked you to come, but I just feel like we need some rest. But here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. Every morning, I've been going over to Mendenhall School, and I've been walking around that school praying for it. I've been praying for it because there's a lot of stuff going on in our schools right now, a lot of which you don't hear about. The Lord directed me to do this, and what I want you to do tonight, I want you to take some time, and I want you to walk around your neighborhood. 
Now, don't walk around it for the part of the exercise, although that comes with it. I want you to pray over your neighborhood. I want you to walk around your neighborhood, even if you can go three or four houses, whatever you can do, and I want you to pray over your neighborhood. Those of you who live near schools, walk around the school, okay? Our teachers need our prayers, amen? Teachers have been made into villains, and they're not villains, brothers and sisters. Now, I know some of them don't believe the way that we do, but they're trying to manage an impossible situation sometimes, and we need to love on our teachers. We need to love on our schools. We need to love on our people who are there because this is a difficult situation, and we need God back in the schools. And you say, well, wait a minute. They don't accept God in the schools. I believe God can go back in the school even if they don't want him in there. Amen? I believe God can do that, and it's not going to come by us going in and protesting. That's not how God works. It's going to come through the effective and effectual prayer of righteous men and women of God who stand up, who stand up and say, I don't care what you say. God will be back in schools. You may not allow him, but I'm going to anoint these walls. I'm going to anoint this entrance. I'm going to walk around him. I'm going to declare this is a battle zone that the enemy can no longer have. Amen? I want the devil out of the school. Amen? Hallelujah. We got kids in schools who don't even know what gender they are anymore. It's time to stop that mess, okay? We need to stop this mess, and kids don't need to be confused any longer. They need to know that they know that there's a God out there that loves them, amen? And we love them. You know, kids need someone who just loves them and have compassion on them, even if they are a little weird. And for those of you who maybe don't like to remember, you were weird once too. Okay? I saw some pictures from the 80s of me, and I thought, oh, my dear Lord. My wife met me. She had to update my entire wardrobe. <laughs> I, thought, I thought stained jeans were still in existence, but apparently they weren't. But if you don't know what stonewashed jeans are, then, then you, know, you need to go read a history book. Praise God. I just believe that God is going to move in today. I appreciate you being here, but I just want you to know that our church is entering a different era. For too long, churches are saying, God, send them, send them, send them. And God never said that. God said, go out into the highways and byways and compel them to come in. Amen? We need to go out. We need to go out. We need to go out. Now, you may say, you may say, Pastor, I'm not comfortable going out and witnessing to people. And there's people that legitimately have anxiety issues with that. And I'm not here to make you feel uncomfortable with that. But I tell you what you can do. You can walk and you can pray. Amen. Everybody's got two feet. Everybody can walk. I've seen people who barely get by can still walk. Amen. You can drive in your car, whatever needs to be done. We need to go out into this community. We need to pray that God comes down. We need to cast out every demon. We need to bring down every stronghold. Amen. Because I don't... By the way, I haven't even gotten to my sermon yet. This is all for free, okay? I am tired of the devil possessing our neighborhoods, amen? I don't know about you, but tomorrow is a celebration not of God. It's a celebration of the devil, and I'm tired of the devil having a holiday, amen? I want God to come down, amen? I want God to come down with holy conviction 
upon our moms and our dads and our families. There's too many dads leaving families. There's too many moms leaving families. We need God to come in and heal these situations. Amen? We have too many families where there's both two moms or there's two dads. We need God to come in and rectify this, don't we? Amen? We need God to heal. We need to get drugs. I haven't even started yet. Praise God. We need to get drugs out of the home. We need to get alcohol out of the home. We need to get we need to get depravity out of the home. Come on now. We need to get sin out of the home. We need to get all these things out of the home and the only thing that's going to do that is if God himself comes down and does it. Amen. But it takes us as a vehicle of prayer to do that. Amen? It takes us as a vehicle of prayer to do that. Praise God. I promise I'm getting to my message, but he's anointed me right now, and i got to go forward. Amen? We have got to be that church that goes out and says, we will conquer this land. Amen? We will conquer this land. Hallelujah. Because we don't battle against flesh and blood, do we? We don't battle against flesh and blood. These people around us, they're not our enemies. Praise God. They are people who need Jesus this morning. Amen. They are people that, and guess what? Just in case you didn't know, God is going to hold us accountable of who we told and who we didn't tell. Amen. We need to pray over this people so that we can fill not only this church, but every church in Juno that preaches his word. We can fill it three times over. Amen. Praise God. Give him glory this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. About four years ago, I'm getting to my message now. It took about 10 minutes. I'll give you 10 minutes for free, okay? But four years ago, right about this time, my wife and me, and it was just us, our kids were here in Juneau. We were up in, in Anchorage for a minister's meeting, and my mom and dad were there, and, and uh, my uncle Richard was there, and, and uh, Aunt Linda, they were there, and uh, uh, Will was there for different reasons. And our conference had wrapped up, and I was coming downstairs in the hotel. This it was the Crown Plaza. See, it's funny, in Juneau, everybody knows all the hotels, right? If, you are, if I were in Anchorage, nobody would know where that was. But in Juneau, everybody knows the hotels. So I was at the Crown Plaza. I was on the bottom floor, and uh, I was talking to Julie. I was coming out of, out of, the, uh, um, out of the elevator, and I remember I was on the phone with her, and I started hearing this rumbling. And I thought, well, maybe I'm hungry. I don't know. Right? And then the rumbling got louder, and, and things started shaking. Now, I know that people on the top floor felt uncomfortable when things were going back and forth, but I can tell you being on the bottom floor is no fun, because all you can feel is stuff about ready to fall down to you. That was the image that I had. And I remember I, I didn't know what to do, because I couldn't get on the elevator to go see Jenny I, didn't, there were, I was separated, I was by myself, and I was trying to make for the door, and all I remember is the earthquake getting louder, and I remember people started screaming, and they started getting upset, people started crying, and I said, Julie, there's an earthquake. You know what she said in her loving, compassionate way? Yeah, whatever, Dad. <laughs> Stop being so dramatic. my daughter <laughs> so loving she goes you always play planks or play pranks I said no it's an earthquake I'm serious and she, and she didn't believe me she goes well I gotta go see you later <laughs> and, 
And I'll say, this may be the last. No, I didn't say that. And I remember the earthquake was happening and people were upset. And, and, and uh, I remember the aftermaths of the earthquake. And how many have been in a sizable earthquake since you've been in Alaska? It's scary, isn't it? There's nothing like the unsettling of the ground beneath you moving. I've been in tornadoes. I've been in hurricanes. I've been in a room where I made my wife mad. I've been in a room where my mom was mad. <laughs> Earthquake, mom mad, pretty close. Okay, just to let you know. But all I can remember is there's just something in a, when an earthquake comes, it, it, everything is unsettled. It stirs up everything, don't it? As a matter of fact, I've, I've talked to people who were there with me during that earthquake, and every time they feel a little, a little you know, bump or something, they, they kind of get uh, like a traumatic experience. They remember that moment when that earthquake hit. And if you actually talk to people who were here during the 64 earthquake up in Anchorage in Valdez, Valdez got hurt, uh, hit really bad. People don't know that. But they remember so much if there's an earthquake, they'll, they'll literally run out of the building crying because they remember that horrible experience. For some of you, things have happened in your life. For some of you, listen to me, some of you, things have happened in your life. That when you remember it, when something reminds you of it, it brings back such painful memories that you shut down. It brings back things that you don't like to think about. It brings back things and you begin to question God. Like, God, why did you allow this? Why did you allow this to happen? What was going on? What was the purpose of this? And then the preacher gets up and says, God does all things for your good, and you're wondering where the good was at. Brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you this morning, you don't realize it, but God cleared a pathway for you by removing an obstacle in your life. Amen. Let me read some scripture for you in Isaiah, okay? In Isaiah chapter 54, 10, listen to this. For the mountains shall Depart, and the hills be removed. Now, does that sound like a, a nice event? Does that sound like one of those things that just, oh, we're going to see the mountain just kind of float away? Does that sound like that's what that is? No, that is a violent event. That is something that creates violence. That is something that creates havoc. When a mountain is removed, the rocks have to be done, and they have to be blown up, so to speak, and the hills be removed. But then he says this, but, I love this part, but my kindness shall not depart from you, praise God, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has mercy on you. So I begin thinking over the past few weeks or the past few years that some of us have experienced more things in our life than we ever have. There's still, there's still a little nervousness over COVID and viruses. And don't you love how the news cycle keeps bringing back COVID's not over? They keep saying there's people in the hospital with the virus and it brings up fear in people. 
There's things that's been happening in your life, and it brings up fear, and it brings up all these things. And it seems like, it seems like in a lot of ways that the foundation that you hoped on has been shaken. It seems like everything that you believed in has been shaken. It seems like everything that you hoped for, everything that you said, okay, this is what I believe, this is how I believe it, that God has just been shifting that like a sandbox, so to speak. And we wonder, God, where are you at? Even in the news cycle, it just seems like our country is becoming more and more defiled. It just seems like our country is becoming something we don't even recognize anymore. And with us, there's a grieving process that's there because we wonder, where did our country go and, and, and what, what do we need to do? We need to get it back. Can I tell you something? We don't need to get our country back. We need to go to Jesus, amen? We need to go to Jesus. Listen, okay? Because I want to say this to you lovingly. Judgment is coming on this country, okay? Judgment is coming. We have done far too many things in the face of God not to receive his judgment. So it's not about getting our country back. It's knowing that he's coming back soon, amen? He's coming back for you. He's coming back for me. And I need to be in the business of going out and make sure as many people as I can come with me, amen? We need family members to come with us. Amen. Listen, I, I worry about our country. I do. And, and I, I hope you vote. I do. But, and I'm going to tell you right now, you need to find out where your candidate stands on abortion. Because maybe you want to vote for them because they, they come highly favored or recommended. But if you vote for a candidate that agrees and promotes abortion, then that blood is on our hands too, okay? We don't vote for abortion. Now listen, I know, I know it doesn't matter if they're Democrat or they're Republican, okay? But we don't vote abortion. We don't do that, amen? And, and listen, you may disagree with me on that, and that's okay. I'll pray for you. Maybe you'll go to heaven. But I just want you to know that we don't do that. We believe in, it's, and nowadays it's hard to find a candidate because they're going to get up and say one something and do something else. But listen, we need to go into that ballot box, pray it up, spirit it up, and believe that God's going to guide us. Amen? We need to vote with a heart that God tells us to vote for. I know there's some of you that are uncomfortable with what I just said, but that's all right. Because it's not about the politics. It's about people who are willing to sacrifice our children in the name of convenience. Amen. Let's get back to our message. Today, what's being practiced or what was practiced in Sodom and Gomorrah is being taught in our schools what was being done in Sodom and Gomorrah is being allowed, allowed in libraries. Did you know the libraries are inviting drag queens in to have reading time? Did you know that? Did you know that's happening in the state of Alaska? Did you know they're doing everything they can to indoctrinate our children? 
And when you look at these things, you wonder where God is at. You wonder what's going on. You wonder the very foundation of everything that we have is being shaken. Pastors are turning their back on God. Famous people who said they were ministers of God have renounced the faith. They, you wonder, God, where are you? Where are you? I'm going to tell you right now, God has not changed, okay? God has not changed, amen? You see, when Isaiah wrote this, it was actually an interesting time for Israel because Israel and Judah had been split up into two kingdoms and Israel had been carried off into captivity by the Assyrians. And Judah had been attacked by the Assyrians, but God miraculously saved them. And so they got a little comfortable. They got a little cocky. God's not going to let Jerusalem fall. God, and see, that's where people didn't know their scripture because God said in, in Leviticus, in Exodus, in Deuteronomy, he says, if you start worshiping other God, I will lead you into exile. But they didn't read their Bible. They didn't read the old scriptures. And they said, and they said, oh, we're fine, we're fine. And there came a point where, in fact, the Babylonians did come and they carried them off and they destroyed the temple. See, everything that they believed in, everything that they held dear was gone. Everything, see, they thought they knew God, but they didn't really know God, did they? They thought that they understood God, but they didn't really understand God. Sometimes we get in a situation where we have a, uh, we have a knowledge of God, but we don't have a heart with God, amen? We know about God because we come to church, but it hasn't gone from here to here. And the reason why is because there's obstacles in our mind. Sometimes we like to worship on Sunday morning with Brother Pillow and Sister Sheet, don't we? I want to go to church, but man, that bed feels good. I don't know why it is. Bed feels so good in the morning time, don't it? You're laying there and you're thinking, you know, I don't have to get up. I can just watch somebody on, on YouTube or something like that. And we stay out of church, and obviously not you. You're not staying out of church, but that's what people do, right? They don't have a heart knowledge of God. There's not a passion of God, amen? And that's what happens in the church today. We've gotten comfortable with God. Back in the old days when the churches first started, about 100 years ago, the Pentecostal movement, they were worshiping in pews that were made of wood. They were worshiping with sawdust on the floor. They didn't care how long church went. They didn't care how long the preacher went. They didn't care how much money it took. They just said, we're here to worship God. And you know what happened? God's spirit came down. Amen? I sometimes think that maybe that maybe we've gotten a little too comfortable. I sometimes think that maybe the chairs or the TVs or something is hindering our worship. And what happens is the Israelites, their, their worship was hindered. Their, their, their movement to God was hindered in some ways in your life. There are things that are hindering your worship, amen? There are things that are keeping you from God. Some of us say, God, if you'll just do this in my life, then I'll serve you. God does that and we don't serve him, do we? We, we always ask God to rescue us and that relationship takes a, a rescue relationship between us and God. That's not the relationship that he wants, that's not the relationship he wants. You know what kind of relationship he wants? 
intimacy. See, the Bible has a word that's going to make you uncomfortable. But when he talks about intimacy, it's like almost like a man and a woman in marriage. That's the relationship that he wants with it. And I know that's uncomfortable and even awkward, but that's what he's trying to say. He wants there to be nothing between us and him. But what happens? We put up these boundaries, don't we? We put up these hindrances. We, we say, God, you're not as important as this. I have to catch myself sometimes because I'll, I'll go to start praying and, and my phone vibrates. Like I, I start to get real good. Oh God, I start, I'm praying for this person. I won't tell you who they are. I just, you know, I just pick people that he lays in my heart. And my phone vibrates. Well, I need to see who that is. And I get on my phone, and 45 minutes later, because I see my Facebook has a notification, oh, I wonder who that is. But then I start watching videos. And all of a sudden, this phone has become more important than God. This phone has, in fact, become my idol. This phone has become a mountain, a hill between me and God. You know what happened the other day? I was bound my way to Anchorage. But a day before I left, my phone went dead. Brand new phone, it went dead like a rock. And I panicked. And I looked at my wife, and I said, I can't live without my phone. And the Lord checked my heart. Do you feel that way about me? Do you feel that way about me, Keith? Well, of course I do, God, because I'm a pastor. And then I realized I know a lot of pastors who don't, Amen. <laughs> Just because I'm a pastor doesn't make me super spiritual, amen? God had to look at me and correct me and rebuke me. And I'm being transparent with you because I want you to understand that there's things that we allow in our life as obstacles to God. You ever try climbing a hill? How difficult can it be, amen? Now, some of you who are young, it's not that difficult, pastor. I don't want to hear your mouth today. <laughs> Some of you know this story. When I first came here, Will decided to find out what kind of man I was, so he took me on a he took me on a 25-mile hike. The hill was like this. And I never forget the liar that he is. <laughs> I told him, I said, he said, he said, Keith, it's an easy hike. Is it the West Glacier or the East Glacier? West. West Glacier Trail. And I knew it, I, I knew it was going to be hard because we got to a point in the trail after climbing straight up. And there was a point where there was a rope. And I looked at that rope. I said, Will, what, what are we doing? He goes, you got to climb the rope. And I said, well, you do. I'm going to stay here. He goes, what if there's bears? I said, I'm coming with you. By the way, I do, I do want to take a moment and say thank you for the pastor appreciation last week. You were so wonderful from the bottom of my heart. Thank you to my family, and uh, we just appreciate everything you did. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I meant to say that earlier, so thank you. Bless you. God, appreciate that. You made us feel so welcome. Let me get back to my story now. So Will tried to kill me. <laughs> and we finally get there, because he said, I want to take you to the glacier. And I thought that was cool, because we want to go see the ice caves. And we finally get to there. And Will said, huh, I went the wrong way. <laughs> we got to go back down and go around. 
See, you don't understand there was a murder about happened up there on the hill. <laughs> we joke about that time a lot. And, and uh, Will's taken me on other hikes, and he's learned to make the hikes easier. I think the airport trail is the next one he's taken me on. But for those of you, we you know when you get older, it's tough climbing those hills. I even noticed with some of our elders climbing this little ramp up here. By the time you get to the ramp, you're out of breath, right? Be honest with you, I climbed that ramp and I'm out of breath. I'm like, we need to level this thing. I climbed the stairs and I was out of breath. See, we put up obstacles in our life and we make it hard to get to God, don't we? See, God has never changed where he's at, but we put the hills and we put the mountains in the way, and it keeps us from getting to God. But I'm going to tell you this morning, and I want you to hear me with all my heart, God is going to remove those mountains. God is going to remove those hills. God is ready to take down. God is ready to take down. See, when he does this, we think he's mad at us. We think he's against us. And in the verses before, in 7 and 8, he says, For a mere moment I have forsaken you. He's talking to Israel there. But with great mercies I will gather you. With a little, with a little wrath I hid my face from you for a moment. But with everlasting kindness I will have mercy on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. See, God allows us to go through trials because that shaking that's going on, that earthquake that's going on in your soul, praise God, is removing the very obstacle that is keeping you from him. Amen. He's ready to make that connection with you today. Praise God. So if you're going through something today, realize that God is not only getting you through it, he's getting you over it, he's getting you under it, he's getting you around it this morning. I know it's difficult. I know it's hard. There's been times I've questioned my faith. I questioned who God was. Is there a God? And can I tell you that that's what this generation right now is doing? They're actually questioning, is there a God? Because they haven't seen the miracles that you've seen. That's why we need God to move, amen? You understand that? We need God to move so this younger generation can see that there is a God. It's not somebody we just talked about. It's somebody who is real and has power. Amen? Our young people need to experience the power of God for themselves. They need to hear us talk about it, but they also need to see us live it. In other words, what I'm telling you this morning you need to hang on. Your answer's coming. You need to hang on. Maybe you need a mountain removed. Jesus said this, Matthew 21, 21. So Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith, do not doubt. You will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. Does anybody understand the gravity of that? In other words, brothers and sisters, you don't wait to have to have God remove the mountain. You can look at that mountain and say, I'm done with you. I'm done with you. 
I'm done with you. Somebody asked me the other day, they said, why do I keep going through the same thing over and over? I said, I don't know. Maybe God's trying to talk to you about something, amen? And when God's trying to tell you something, he's trying to say, hey, here's your sign. You need this out of your life in order for us to have a relationship. And God says, move the mountain, amen? Move the mountain. And God says this morning to his people, he is wanting to no longer be distant from us. He is ready to come in into the midst of your life. He is ready to come into the midst of your heart and change your situation. Man, it's time to stop living in defeat, praise God. It's time to start walking in the angelic. It is time to start walking in the victory, amen. It is time to lift our heads high. I'm tired of seeing Christians walking around like they're defeated, amen. That if, if you're defeated, we're not Christians because we don't believe that God has already won the victory, amen? Lift your head up, brothers and sisters, because God is in your life, amen? I remember sometimes, there's been times that I've been down and discouraged, and my wife would come up to me, she'd put her hand on my shoulder, and she would look at me and say, you keep your chin up, we're going to fight this together. And man, I tell you what, that changed my heart right then and there. And I'm telling you, if you're alone this morning, and you got troubles in your life, and you don't know what, oh, praise God, I feel like dancing now. Hallelujah. If I take off running, you better clear the way. If you got troubles in your life, if you got problems that you're dealing with, I'm telling you right now, there is a God. There is a God who comes beside you. Oh, hallelujah. He says, lift your head up. He says, lift your head up. I am here. I am with you. Don't you give up. Don't you stop. Praise God. Sometimes we stop short of the goal and we say, I can't go on. You can go on. Pick yourself up. Pick yourself up. And if you can't pick yourself up, you call one of the brothers and sisters in this church and we'll agree with you. Amen? Little hint, you don't have to always call me. <laughs> okay? I mean, I love you. You can call me. But you don't have to always call me. You can call one of our brothers and sisters. Everybody, everybody has access to the same God. And by the way, just because you yell and scream doesn't make your prayer more powerful. Okay? I've seen the most effective prayers in a whisper. See, growing up, my mom had three volumes. There was the really loud when I was sort of in trouble. There was the medium loud when my dad was in trouble. Then there was the whisper, and we was all in trouble. <laughs> Am I right or wrong? <laughs> when my mom lowers her register to, you come here now. I was scared. To this day, I'm scared. When my wife lowers her voice, I leave the house. I'm out of there. I'm like, I can't. Except if it's about me, I have to sit there and take it. <laughs> Don't you give up. Listen to me. Don't you give up. There are people depending on you. There are people looking at you. Don't sit there and say, I want my children saved, and then act like you can't do it in front of them. Ooh, that was kind of tough, wasn't it? That was kind of tough, wasn't it? But don't sit there and say, I want my children saved, and then go to them crying about your problems, amen? You need to go to God about your problems, amen? You need to go to God. I'm going to tell you where else you need to go about your problems. Right here. That's where you need to go about your problems. Ow, that hurt. <laughs> 
Remember, don't do that again. <laughs> we need to go to God about our problems, amen? We need God in our life, amen? And I'm telling you, just like God can remove this mountain behind us, just like God can remove all the mountains in Juno, I don't want him to, but he can do it, amen? God can remove that mountain in your life. God can remove that obstacle in your life. Praise God. Praise God. We need some obstacles clear, don't we? See, the devil's been trying to hinder, but now God's going to make him tender. The devil's trying to keep you down, but God's about ready to give him a beat down. The devil's been trying to make you fear, but God is about to appear. The devil has been trying to make you lose hope, but God says, nope. The devil's been trying to make you sad, but God's already beat him bad. The devil's trying to get you to renounce your faith, but God speaks and says, just wait. Amen. The devil says you're through, and God says, I'm going to get you through. The devil's trying to destroy you. God is trying to employ you. The devil's trying to get you to give up. And listen to this part. God is ready to pick you up. Amen. God is ready to pick you up this morning. Amen. Brothers and sisters, quit focusing on the devil. All you're doing is giving him glory. Stop saying the devil's doing this, the devil's doing that. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, it's you. Let's be honest, okay? We need a God to come into our life. We need to pick him up, and the devil ain't got nothing on you. He's sending his little minions to try to attack you. You need to get out your holy shoes and stomp on him and say, enough, enough. Then I'm going to tell you right now what God's about ready to do in your life. He says this, and he's talking about Jesus, but I want you to understand that he's about to do this for you. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, chapter 40, as they put on some music for me. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Woo! Prepare the way of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, God has anointed me, and I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness right now. And I'm looking at you, and I'm saying, prepare the way of the Lord. Let's put on some music if we can. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every high mountain shall be made low. You know what that means? You're not going to be up and down anymore. Your life's not going to be a roller coaster. You're just going to be a walk in the garden. Praise God. You're going to be a walk in the garden where he walks with me, where he talks with me, where he tells, oh, hallelujah, where he tells me I am his own. I don't know about you. But I get tired of being a roller coaster, a roller, I can't say it, roller coaster. I was trying to confuse holy roller and roller coaster. I'm not tired of holy rollers, we need that. But I'm tired of being a roller coaster Christian. Kind of lost the effectiveness of that, but that's okay. You got what I was saying. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. Oh, man. If that, if, you know, just right there, man, if that doesn't make you about to shout, I don't know what does. 
He's about to take all those things in your life that is making you up and down, up and down. He's going he's gonna to take like some cement and pour it over and go smooth. Amen. I'm going to do that again because maybe you're not getting it. Oh, whatever, pastor, oh, I don't believe it. That's our problem. We don't believe it. We don't believe God would do that for us. Can I ask you a question? Why would God not do that for you? Why would he not do that for you, amen? Why, why, why would he not look at you? His child. Is everybody in here his child? Does he love you? Does he love me more than you? Does he think I'm better looking than you? Yes. <laughs> so if he loves you and me the same, would he not do the same for you? And then he says this, this is awesome. I'm sorry, I'm just feeling the spirit. Do you guys feel that? Just the Holy Spirit just resting on this place right now? Ooh, just do me a favor, just, just rest in that for a second. He says, the glory of the Lord shall, shall, that means will, that means gonna happen. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Amen. Hallelujah. See, I know, I know there's some people in this church right now, you got financial problems. You got spiritual problems. I believe everybody, all of us have family problems, don't we? We got some crazy relatives, don't we? I know I do. Some of them are in this area right here. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm only joking. I'm not joking. <laughs> we have things in our life that are bringing us down. You know what we need? We need a good old dose of the Holy Ghost. You know, for the longest time in churches, we, we tried to kind of tamp that down a little bit, didn't we? Because we don't... We didn't want to, we like to appear sophisticated. Like, yes, I go to the church of God and we speak in tongues, but we're going to be civil about it. Listen, I don't know about you, but God didn't call me to be civil. God didn't call me to be just weird. I mean, no, he did call me to be weird. I do mean that. But he didn't call me just to sit there and not like nothing's going on in my life. Because you see, when I think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he raised me, how he filled me to the uttermost, how he filled me with the Holy Ghost. It makes me want to shout, hallelujah, praise God, when I think about what he's done for me, amen? And brothers and sisters, this morning, I want to remind you that we are Pentecostal, okay? Everybody got that? We are Pentecostal. And I want you to know this morning that you can raise your hands you can talk softly, you can shout to the God with a voice of triumph, or you can cry like there's nobody's business. But whatever you do, praise God, we need to give up those mountains in our life. We need to allow God to move. Stand to your feet right now, and let's begin to worship Him. Amen. Come on, worship Him right now. Hallelujah.
You are good, Lord. You are good. Hallelujah. Everybody listen to me now. Listen to me. If you got a mountain in your life that needs to be moved, if you got something in your life that's been shaken and you don't understand why, I want you to come down to this altar. We're going to pray with you. Right now, come. May I your seat? Come. Come. Prayer team, I want you to get ready. I want you to come pray with them. Everyone, right now, come. Come. If you need prayer in your life, come. Come. Don't hesitate. Come. All right, if you can't, if you can't, I want you to simply bend down right here at the altar. If you can't, you can have a seat on that front row. We'll still come pray with you. I want you to bend down to the altar. That's what the altar's for. Hallelujah. Come on, if you can't, if you can't kneel, just sit on that front seat. That'll be okay. All right, prayer team, begin praying for the people right now. Come on, begin praying for them. Begin anointing with all. We're going to agree with them that God's going to move in their life. Come on, church, I want you to put your hand towards them right now and begin praying for them. Begin lifting them up right now, right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you, brother. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Father, you know what he needs right now, God. In your name, Lord, you know what is needed, Father. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father. Hey, buddy. Hey, God bless you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Right now, Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Prayer team, don't forget, we got some people in the front row that need to be prayed for. Sarah, can you go pray for them, please? Over here, Sarah. Hallelujah, over here. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Come on, church, pray. Pray, there's some mountains being removed right now. There's some mountains being removed right now. Right now, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. good Lord you are good thank you Jesus church worship. Come on, sing with me. Sing with me as people are getting deliverance. And I Come on, sing with me now. 
back on. I wanted to look at you. Look at me. Listen. Quit focusing on the devil. All right? I'm going to give you a little secret here. The devil has been defeated. Okay? Defeated. 
He has no power. Did you hear what I just said? He has no power. Tonight, as I said, no service. But I want you to walk around your neighborhood. I want you to find a school if you can sometime this week. After hours, don't do it while they're in session. I don't want them arresting anybody. I want you to walk around that school and proclaim Jesus. Amen. Will you do that for me? We're going to go out. We're going to go out so that some can come in. Brother Will, come close us out in prayer. I want you to know how much, again, my wife and I and my family appreciate everything that you did last week. Thank you. Thank you to my leadership team for putting it together. Thank you, Will. Thank you, Richard. Thank you for everything that you did. And thank you for yesterday. What an amazing day. Over 100 people were in this church. Over 100 people, and that's because of you. Amen. God bless you guys. We will see you Wednesday. Will it be back so you can teach it? Let's pray. Precious Lord, we love you so very much. We thank you, Lord, for what you have provided for us this morning. Pray, Lord, that you let this message that you have provided to us sink into our hearts and become part of our lives. Let it change us, Lord. Let, us, let it draw us closer to you. Help us, help it, Lord, to, to nourish our spiritual bodies, Lord, to strengthen and mature. Pray, Lord, you watch over each person here this morning. As they Thank you for listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.